Hello, and welcome to Black Marriage Therapy, BMT for short. Here, we become students of marriage in order to create healthy, long-lasting relationships. Crystal is your host today. In today's episode, she welcomes an amazing guest, Sulanda Smith, the communications ninja and relationship coach. Solana is a relationship coach and specialist in human behavior. She is known as a communications ninja whose message is mixed with ingredients of humor, transformation, and warmth. Audiences have said it feels like she's talking directly to them about everyday problems and conversations in relationships. You will immediately feel connected to her through the first conversation. She's been working in the field of relationships and human behavior for 27 years. In today's conversation, Sulanda takes us through the journey of learning who she is as a communications ninja, talks about understanding men and relationships, defining toxic relationships, and even balancing our relationships. Let's go ahead and listen in on this amazing conversation now. Welcome, everyone, to the podcast. I am so excited to introduce to you guys Solanda Smith, who is a communication coach. And we have so much gems to share with you guys on this episode, and we're going to jump right into it. First and foremost, did you do you really have eight brothers? I do. I, yeah, I have. I have actually I have seven now, but I, I, I do. I do. No sisters. Oh, yes. I only mentioned the men because that's primarily where my work is right now. Uh-huh. But I have three sisters. Wow, that's a big family. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm very curious. I know we're going to talk about communications because she is the communication ninja. So I'm yeah. very excited. Communication is foundational in relationships, but I have to understand what it was like growing up, one, in a very big family, but two, with eight brothers. I have two and I'm like, oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> I think I had an advantage because I was the oldest. So Ooh. it was more or less like I became the more of a confidant, you know, and the guy than the one who was fighting over the last, you know, piece of roll sitting on the table. Yeah. Uh, so it was very easy for me. So you said, so total, it's 11 total or 12 total? There's 10 total. It's, it's actually seven. Yes. Yeah, seven brothers. Oh, wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. And all, and you're the eldest of all of them. I'm the eldest of all. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I am curious to know, what did you learn most from that? So I'm the youngest (laughs) in my family group. Yeah. So I'm curious, having so many brothers, like what did you learn the most from them or, you know, in that space, in that environment? How to get to the point. Yeah. How to get to the point how not to whine over certain things that it didn't need whining over, even though I would say I can whine over this, you know, you know, because I've asked you to do this a hundred times and you didn't. Yeah. And now it's falling on me. It's adding to what I have to do, which sounds very much like our relationships today. Right. Oh with adult men. Yeah. And for me, it was mostly my confidence because men typically just show up mm. and they would just do their thing. Like they didn't think about it. They just did it. And for many women, we have to go through this internal process before we recognize that we can do this and give ourselves permission. Mm, oh, we we about to have so many gems. <laughs> I'm so excited. 
<laughs> Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So firstly, could you share some insights into the key principles or strategies you teach men in your coaching programs and courses to help them solve problems and create peace in their relationship? Remember driving three of my nephews to do some zip lining. Six, no, 14, 16, and 18. And I asked if they were dating. All three of them let out the largest sigh. They were like, oh, man, no. <laughs> the 14-year-old said, I just got dumped. And she dumped me over a text message. Oh. She told me that I wasn't enough, so she was going to go try a girl. Okay. The 16-year-old said, the girls act like guys now. Mm. Like, they'll date you. They'll have three or four other dudes they're dating. And then I just feel like I'm just a number. Like he said, I feel naked, you know, when she's when she's with me, because I feel like I get stripped of my pride. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> He's very articulate. <laughs> yes. And the 18 year old said, no, I'm done with that life. I'm not dating. I'm just going to concentrate on my studies for the next five years. I don't want to deal with women because they don't know what they want. And I'm tired of getting my feelings hurt. Oh I was so surprised. Wow. I had the honor of doing a TEDx talk called yeah. Today's Men Are Different from Yesterday's Men. And in that talk, I'm very specific when it comes to how to address men today because they are more open vocally. They may not know exactly what to say yet with the word choice, but they are more vocal. They, they want to take a supportive role. They don't want to always be in the leadership role. Like they want to be Robin sometimes. They don't just want to be Batman. Got it. They are open to looking at women as a partner than someone they already build their empire and then bring a woman in. Okay. They're looking for partnership, which also means she pays some of the bills in the house. You know, this is not a, hey, I'm going to finance our whole life type of thing. But he wants support from her financially, emotionally, of course, sexually, because men think about sex six more times a day than we do. Mm. Typically. Now, there are some women that I've met that's on another scale, <laughs> right? But yeah. for men, like this is a part of their makeup. So this is what I mean by understanding yourself and understand who you're working with. Mm -hmm. So those, I would say, would be the changes I see the most in men. And they're more sensitive. Mm. There, there's a few things that you said. So you mentioned the differences between 40 years ago to now. And how men are more vocal, but still having challenges. Is that what you're seeing? Even though that they're speaking more and have more sensitivities and are interested in partnership, they're still having difficulties. Why do you think that is? Because they're, they are more vocal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The world still has the latest traditional way of viewing men mm. in their forefront, in their, in their consciousness. And we still have the old school ideas of who a man is and how he should act that these young people are hearing and being locked into. 
Mm-hmm. It's an overemphasis on masculine traits. Be tough, force yourself, be aggressive, speak loud, you know, get in there. You manipulate the situation before they manipulate you. And I'm not saying these tactics don't work. Mm-hmm. What happens though, it leaves a very deep burden and heaviness on men and women who's practicing that art form as well. Mm-hmm. It just leaves a lot of heaviness. You need to balance it out with aspects of gracefulness, receivership, relaxation, you know, softness. And it's something that we're overlooking. So now we have this scheme where we're trying to balance out how do we accept. So it's not just men trying to get the acceptance or people's understanding of how they choose to be the day, which is not as aggressive or confrontational or forceful. It's like, how, why can't you accept me for who I am in this space? Mm-hmm. What's the threat? The threat for many people is that he is not man enough to protect his family and to continue teaching other male seeds how to be a man, which will eventually tear the families apart. That's very deep. <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned that because I feel like just in the space, I'm in a social media world and, you know, seeing what people are talking about and podcasting and everything like that. And I feel like it's very confusing sometimes because you have on one end where I think women want to receive the softness of men and the gentleness of men. And in the same breath, also the ruggedness, the aggressiveness, the protector, the ambition, the, you know, and and I think that can be very confusing for a guy because now you're left to fit a box instead of be who you are. I'll say a, a great example is our my own relationship. So my husband is very gentle. <laughs> he's he's just a gentle person. But like you said, it's like there's a masculine and a feminine. And I realized, like you were saying, that you kind of have to know who you are first and what you want and what you need because. I was confusing him like, oh, wait, do you want me to do this? Or do you want me to do this? Do you want me to do this? Do you want me to do this? And it came to the point where I was like, wait, I just want you to be yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. If you are yourself a hundred percent, I feel like you'll have masculine, you'll have feminine. Right. And I had to learn how to love him as he is and express my needs and my wants, but also just like being more accepting of who he is, whether it's like more aggressive sometimes in certain scenarios he could be but (laughs) most of the time he's very chill and very just soft like not like soft oh my gosh that can be sound even that can sound bad (laughs) but not soft but gentle like he's just a a gentle person so anyways thank you for explaining that (laughs) (laughs) okay so you also mentioned you talked about toxic cycles and This is something I'm also very interested in because I'm a proponent of healthy relationships, not perfect relationships, healthy relationships. So I would love to hear your definition of a toxic relationship. Let's start with the definition of toxic relationships. Okay. (laughs) So my definition, based on what I've seen walk through my door and sit on my sofa, is a relationship where there has been roadblocks set up based on misunderstandings and misinterpretations of a person's actions, words, and behaviors that create a stalemate in ability to communicate well and love one another. Roadblocks are trying to advise 
one up, mm. fix, dismiss, gaslight, ignore your partner's desire to express him or herself the way they want to mm. without correction. I think that sometimes when we think of toxic relationships, we only think of maybe the extreme version of it, which is like physical abuse, any sort of abuse or neglect or, but there's also like subtle versions of toxic relationships. Like you mentioned the stalemates. Mm. So in your experience, what are some of the most common toxic cycles that individuals get caught in when it comes to their relationships? I have to first speak to couples not getting some sort of premarital work done or pre-coupleship work done if you're not interested in, you know, getting a piece of paper for a marriage or a license, is understanding yourself enough to know what things you can really work through and what you can't. Hmm. At least at least getting as much information as you can, because a lot of times we don't know until we get into the relationships. Yeah. And then the stuff starts coming out like, ooh, I didn't see that. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't see that before. <laughs> yeah. It's like if we can go to the store and like you're in on display, we can push a button to see every single reaction you have to situations in life, then we can make a better choice if that person is for you or not. Yeah. But we can't. What we tend to do is have expectations. Expectations are usually linked to feelings. Right. I need you to do this because of blah, blah, blah. That's an expectation. I like goals because they're changeable and they're not associated so deeply with emotions. I love but that. Expectations is key. Yes. When you have an understanding, if you walked in and say, look, I know I can do this. I have trouble doing this. I'm still working on that. I think relationships would have a better chance of lasting longer and more happier which is most important than what's happening now in a lot of our relationships. Yeah. You know, the willingness to look into corners that you haven't looked at or don't even know is there, mm -hmm. which may then lead to having the wherewithal to look. The difficulty is you don't know what you don't know. So if you don't know Uncle Jimmy's Tactics and techniques aren't working. And I have an Uncle Jimmy, by the way, you know, okay. who I love dearly. Tactics aren't quite working. Then what's next? Do you keep doing that cycle and then blaming it on the person because they're not responding to your bad choices or decisions or actions? Mm -hmm. And then blame the person when it's over. But then you go and do the same thing in the next relationship. When do you wake up and say, okay, the common denominator is me? And in combination, with another person and their makeup, this thing isn't working. See, we, we, if you think of each other like combinations of things and when we put your combination of cells together, some combinations work well together. Mm -hmm. Some don't. It's nobody's fault. Yeah. Yeah. Try it out and see if it works. If it doesn't, you change gears, which might mean the relationship is now looking differently. You're not lovers in that sense, but you're really good friends. You can kiki it up on the phone all night. But if you try to have a love relationship and responsibilities with one another, it falls apart. Hmm. So do you think that if there is a couple, maybe their combinations are not matching and they want to be together, do you think that it's possible for them to still have healthy, happy 
successful relationship or is it just more work? <laughs> I think it's more work. Uh-huh. And if they're okay with the more work, then mm. they can be happy because relationships and like life in general is a mindset. Mm-hmm. It's how you approach a situation or an idea that really gives you the outcome and the feeling that you generate around it. Yeah. If we don't mesh together well, but we really just got to have each other, (laughs) (laughs) then the mature choice would be let's really look at these things that we don't see eye eye to eye on and make a pact or an agreement that we will not bash each other over it or get into disagreements about or even make it part of the conversation. Mm-hmm. But the bottom line is is the com- is the communication, being mm-hmm. willing to have those tough conversations in the beginning, instead of five years down the line saying, "Oh, that's a deal breaker," you know? Yeah, yeah. Probably yeah. can't cover everything. Going to see someone who can help you get as much covered as possible is key. Yes. Okay. Or there's tons of of resources now online or things you can purchase to help you have those conversations. Mm -hmm. Go a little deeper. Don't go on hope. Too many relationships are just on hope. And love and butterflies. (laughs) You know what? (laughs) My stomach. What what, what, what Tina say? Love ain't got nothing to do with it. Mm. I would add on and say it might be the starter. Yeah. But it definitely isn't the foundation. Hmm, I love that. Love mm. is starting, but it's not the foundation. I mm. like that. <laughs> okay. So also you work not only with couples, but then also in the corporate world. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Yes. yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so the question is, we often hear about the importance of work-life balance, but how does one achieve a balance between personal and professional relationships? And do you have any tips or advice for men looking to thrive in both areas. I recently had a conversation with someone and they were kind of struggling in their relationship about this because and for men and the providing aspect, sometimes that will take priority. And it's like, well, I have to work, 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 work. And that affects the relationship because there's not like quality time or whatever that thing is. And she really was trying to understand like why can't he under like understand that there's a balance like work is important but also this relationship is important so because you have expertise in that I'm so curious to know women are not the number one priority on a man's list I know I get a lot of those <laughs> what what <laughs> she may come second or third on the list maybe wow. even fourth Okay. And that may be behind the children um, or God. Yeah. But that doesn't mean she's not on the priority list. Hmm. And it's not personal. I was about to say, that's a tough pill to swallow. You know what you're saying (laughs) now. Okay. (laughs) I know, but it's not personal. Hmm. Now, that's beside the conversation they should have. So he's clear on what she wants and doesn't want because men will often guess. Mm-hmm. And put all their work into and focus into achieving this thing for her. But she's like, I don't care nothing about that. I would rather live in a hut mm-hmm. than a mansion with five rooms. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to work that hard to maintain the mansions. The mansion just maintain enough for the hut. Mm-hmm. But in his mind, because of all of the 
the thoughts, the behaviors, the sayings that he's heard from the men in his family in his life, he needs to provide a certain way and certain things to consider himself a man and a man who's capable of taking care of his family. Not only that, the judgment he will receive from not living up to everybody else's standard with how he takes care of his family. Mm. Knowing and understanding and allowing yourself to believe is the first part to changing a behavior or an action. You have to find the why in it. And for a man, the why could be, oh, okay, I don't have to, to hustle and work as hard anymore. Even though the men in my life have told me this is what I got to do. I don't have to because my woman is okay, but I don't. And it doesn't mean that I'm a failure if I choose not to. Mm. Because what matters to her most, because I want to help her be happy, right? Because I do not believe that it is a man's responsibility to make a woman happy. That is a single act that each of us, regardless of our gender, have to take on for ourselves. Yeah. And we can only enhance you know, add on to somebody's happiness. So for him in his mind, he can say, oh, I can, I can release the pattern and the beliefs I've had in practicing how to help her be happy because Mm -hmm. she is telling me, and I want to believe this. And there's a sub to that, which I'll say in a minute. Okay. I want to believe this. So now I don't have to work as many hours. Let me see if I can, if I can, if I can downsize. I don't have to make as much money. And then I have to make sure I feel good about not making as much money because it is kind of tied to my my identity. Yeah. So now I can release that. And being present with the kids more is really what can help her be happy. So let me focus on that. So there's this process that he has to go through internally. And the sub that I mentioned is one day, like you mentioned earlier, you know, women go back and forth with what they want. Mm. One day, yeah, don't work as hard. Come home earlier. I'm okay, you know, missing an extra 30K in our income. No problem. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden that extra 30K bought some stuff that she was getting that she can't now have. Mm. <laughs> because their combined income afforded them certain luxuries. Yeah. And now she's like, well, no, I understand why you worked hard now. Okay, maybe, yeah. you, you know, or maybe I don't want you home as much now because you disrupt my flow at home. <laughs> well, at first it was zen, you know, and now it's a lot different, yeah. you know, or I see that you really aren't happy mm-hmm. when you're not productive, mm-hmm. when you're not doing in the thing that you really thrive that happens to be called your job or your career. So we flip the script a lot. And that's what confuses men because it's flipping in us. Our minds are always working and turning to help others first be happy and then ourselves, Mm. even though we're really quick to speak up on the impact, the direct impact on us that our spouses make when they make their decisions. Mm -hmm. So, yes, that's why men say we're complicated. Ah, how do I feel about that? I don't know. Yes. Maybe <laughs> <no>. <laughs> um, I do have to acknowledge a lot of the women that listen to the show are like between that 25, 35, well, 25, 40-ish. And it's different. You know, we have the boss, the the working, you know, woman. So I am curious as to like, 
how would that look like? Like, you know, busy lives. Like, that's another question that I get, right? We're, our lives are busy. Like I'm doing a million things and they're doing a million things. And like, how do we connect? How do we communicate? How, how can we even get past this? We have so many things to do. Do you have any advice or tips to that? Or have you even had an experience like that where you can share? Oh. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Absolutely. And before I answer like how to manage busy lives and still spend time with each other, I want to address the boss mentality. Okay. Because even for women, sometimes when you are in a masculine mode, which is what a boss mode is, you're giving orders, you're problem solving, you're being aggressive, you're pushing, you're trying to get results. That's those are masculine traits unassociated with being mass, being a man or woman. Masculine and feminine applies to everyone. And some of us practice more of one aspect than others that mm-hmm. we can see outwardly. So when you're in boss mode, it's super important to learn how to manage both your masculine and your feminine size. Just for mental health, it's critical. Wow. So when you're a boss, you're a boss. Be a boss. When you're with your man, be a semi-boss and more feminine. <laughs> Only because when he comes home from the world, being always in his masculine, he wants to now be in his feminine when he comes home. And remember that the other side of you, not just the bold, the strong, you know, needs to be nurtured, but that graceful part of you, that nurturer, you, even though you're a natural nurturer, allow yourself to be nurtured. Mm-hmm. Okay. Submit every once in a while. Now, here's, I want to say a real quick thing about that word. You're dropping the S word just like that? You're going to drop the S word, right? Oh, Lord. There's two S words. There's submitting and there's subservient. Mm. When you are subservient, you don't have a choice. Okay. You are told what to do and you're expected to do it. That's your role. When you submit, you have a choice because you are choosing to be voluntarily vulnerable with someone. That means you control that space. You control that heart space. Mm-hmm. And at any time you can ask in the leave. See, we forget that we can end stuff just because we begin it. But because we have a lot of investment, mm-hmm. you don't want to let it go. Children, money, yeah. house, emotions. But when you submit to someone, you're really submitting to yourself because you have to work with your own mindset to allow someone to lead you and to be confident enough in that. And then trust yourself, not trust the other person. Trust yourself to make the right decisions at the time if you feel like you're not being led correctly. Mm. You can lead me as long as you're leading me for some people under God, under a certain religion, certain belief. If you have the capacity to love, right, infinitely and unconditionally, mm-hmm. you can lead me as long as you're not hurting or harming me. Mm-hmm. I'll give you that. But as soon as you do that, I'm cutting that off. See, we forget we have a power in that and we have control in allowing that. We submit to the teachers we've learned from. We submit it to our parents. We submit to the bosses when we were working for someone. Mm-hmm. Right? We submit to somebody acting crazy in the street because we don't want to get hurt. You don't understand? 
Yeah. So submission is, <laughs> is one of those conversations that is, oh. I, I think it takes a lot mm-hmm. to understand. It takes a lot to understand and to break down, you know, because like you said, it, it has been synonymous with subservient. Mm-hmm. Oh, and it, that is what it was for a long time. Yeah. So explain that first. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. I do want to go a little bit deeper on that topic because not submission, but the, the busy, right? Because both men and women are working and if they're both in the world acting in their masculine energy, and then they both come home needing feminine energy. However, in, in typical household, we'll say there are the laundry and the kids and the thing and that, right. And, you know, men may not want to participate in those things but as a woman it's like well it has to get done these things the house needs to be clean kids need to be fed like how do you how do you navigate that like how do you communicate about that you know and understanding Mm -hmm. like we both because that's the thing it's different like we're both out there in the world and Mm -hmm. we both come home Mm -hmm. how do we work around that yeah that's an excellent question and and i can tie in your second question which was around how do you spend more time in busy lives too yeah First, there has to be an understanding of what each of you really want. You need some type of discussion of what you really want in a relationship Hmm. and what you would like a partner to do in the relationship. Hmm. Many people don't take the time to list those things out even before they get into a relationship because we're on automatic pilot. We don't realize if we don't know what we want, we can't allow the other person to provide that to us if we don't even know. Yeah. And it's not okay to build the plane while you're flying. There's a saying, you know, build the plane while you're flying, right? Figure mm-hmm. stuff out as you go. But by the time that happens, it might be too late. You didn't have four or five kids. <laughs> and you're trying to keep a family together now for their sake. Yeah. But had you did the research before, that might have prevented it. Now, for those who find out later, four or five kids later, yeah. Still not too late to go back and look at what you really want right now in your life. What works for you? Yeah. Let's identify. Yes, sweet pie. At least I would love for you to do the laundry once a week or once a month, one week out of the month. Yeah. I love mowing the lawn because that goes along with my gardening. So I'll go ahead and I'll mow the lawn because I know you don't always like to. Mm. You understand? Yeah. So one is breaking out of the old traditional modes. Two is it's really listing out what you and your partner enjoy doing and not enjoy doing to see mm-hmm. if you can swap or exchange. Yeah. So you create this literally on a calendar, too, so you can see it. The discussion goes with the calendar. It's honoring your, your person. If they don't want to do that thing and you don't mind it, OK, do it. Or if they really don't want to do that thing and you don't like doing that thing then somebody would have to say, okay, you know, for the sake of our relationship, I'm going to train myself for learning how to do this new thing. Mm. Because mindset is everything. How you approach your life, what you tell yourself is your reality. Mm. I don't like doing dishes. That's your reality. But what if you told yourself you enjoy doing dishes? Because during that time, you can listen to a podcast like this one, right? (laughs) That's right. Yes. Yeah. Or you can, you know, that's all about that. Or learn a new skill while you're listening and doing dishes. You put some headphones on, you go at it. 
Yeah. Or you put your TV program on your laptop in front of you and you wash the dishes. Yeah. So there's there's a way to find more enjoyment in the things that we don't want to do but should be done. Mm. That way, the busy lives that we create for ourselves, because you know we create our busy lives. Okay. Uh-huh. That's <laughs> so right. I, I would tell the person, don't complain to me about your busy life because you created that. Mm. So I don't want to hear any complaints. Either you're ready to see how you can work it out and feel better about what you've created for yourself, or you eliminate some stuff and feel mm. good about eliminating it. Mm. So quality time, one, see what you can eliminate. Mm. That's not that big. Can you get somebody else to do it? If it I love that. Mm-hmm. Right? Or can somebody else help at least one day of the week, two days out of the week, once out of the month? Yeah. Can you combine things that you do? You know, can you combine them? Can you do them at the same time so you can free up more space? Schedule in quality time. I want it on the calendar. You have a schedule for everything else. Mm-hmm. I want an alert for the day before, you know, yes. <laughs> 30 minutes before, 10 minutes before. Yes. Sit down and spend time with babe. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the mindset is the biggest piece around this, though. If you continuously think your life is supposed to be busy, it will be. I love that. I love that. Okay. So you have a lot going on and I love it. And not even in a busy way, but it's just all the things like I love to see it. So I would like to know what is your vision for the future in terms of helping individuals and couples? Sorry, it's a long question. (laughs) Improve their relationships. And of course, do you have any new projects or initiatives in the pipeline that you're excited about? Yeah, great questions. Thank you for that. Uh, my vision is for people to laugh more. When you have humor in your relationship, in your life, period, it yeah. just makes things a little more palatable. Yeah. You take things too seriously. Mm. But when we can laugh, I don't know, when we laugh about it, it seems like we open up a space to receive more of those quiet, kinder messages yeah. in order to, how to deal with certain things in our lives. Mm-hmm. I think that's key. That's number one on my list. Like humor is medicine. Yeah, I love that. Secondly, is look at relationships differently than how you used to. That you have someone who's along with you on the ride here on the planet Mm, versus someone who you have to um, worry about if they're going to cheat on you or try to control or anticipate their moves or be defensive with because you never healed from all the other junk you went through before you got to this person. Yeah. Learn to relax in the relationships. And it's not about trusting the other person to make the best decisions and make sure you don't get hurt. Mm-hmm. It's about you knowing how to deal with things that your partner is going to do that doesn't feel good because they're a human being and it's inevitable. Mm-hmm. Like those are the two biggest pieces of advice that I could share for people who venture in coupleship with someone. Yeah. Yeah, because it's easier to be by yourself, right? <laughs> At least I think it is. Sometimes I think, you know, I say, well, the couples tell me is, I don't want to be with nobody because it's just so difficult. I said, well, is it easy just being with you? Because I can imagine all that thinking you can just you in trouble. <laughs> we have 70,000 thoughts a day. Wow. Wow. A lot of thoughts to, to, to spin stories off of that are untruths and blocks to our greatest potential and the realities that we really want to experience here on this planet. Mm, you're trying so to preach easy. to me. <laughs> So easy to do that. Yes. So those will be my two. Absolutely. 
And my initiatives, they spin around that. Yes. Um, there's so many things on the calendar. See, I have to pace myself because I know me. Like I am a, a multi-creator in so many different ways. And I know that I will burn myself out if I'm trying to do all these extensions. Oh, wow. Um, what's most important for me now is that I do have a course for men. Mm, okay. You know, enter the woo zone. And it's a course to understand women, decode women, and then learn what to say to her to help her be happier and him at peace. <laughs> Simple. And it, and it goes deep to talk about the nature of what a relationship really is that I just described. Mm-hmm. Um, I created, I'm going to do a tour of relationships hitting five cities starting next year. Oh, wow. Uh, for a workshop. It's like a gameplay weekend for men to, you know, have that men, that man time with the extra equation of led by a woman, right? Because so many of the programs we have is men led by men, which I get. But I think also women taking initiative to spend time with men is important. You know, a woman, a woman who's not your woman and you can ask her those questions. You don't want to ask your woman. Got it. You know, I think that's super important. I do have an app on the on the horizon that I'm super happy about that will deal with communication. Yes. And I am finally after COVID in my own burnout situation, accepting more invitations to speak, to do trainings for men and women at, you know, at their program. So if there's somebody who's running a couples workshop, I come in as a guest. I also work still in corporate training about burnout and communication, especially among the topics of gender, generations and identities. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So that's what I have. And then lastly, I'll say, which is kind of not really related, is that I also started an herbal product for more concentration, focus, you know, and mood balancing and more energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, because in my own situation with burnout, I, I it was tough. Mm-hmm. And I found that having a clear mind and strengthening that is so important for people. And a lot of anxiety is happening in the world too with people. Mm-hmm. So it's the story origin is from that. And I partnered with a sister friend of mine who's an herbalist. And we create a formula just to help people just chill out. Yeah, you know, the way she'll say it, because she, you know, she kind of like the curse. She say, you know, chill the out. <laughs> you know, so. Put that on the bottle. You're right. Yeah. Well, we, we put more energy, more focus and more fun. Right. We thought about we tried to put that on there. But we were like, mm, we understand the word and the context behind it. But other people might be like, that's just too offensive. So, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, that's what I have going on in my world. Wow. Uh, sounds like a lot of amazing things. Sounds very, very exciting. And listeners, don't worry. All this information is going to be in the show notes, the link to her website and her course and everything that Salonda has coming up. All right, guys, that's the end of today's episode. Remember to answer the question there and leave a rating there for the podcast, which will help other people find this podcast. As always, if you feel led, you can support this podcast with a small monthly donation. Uh, It can be from 99 cents, $5, or even $10 per month. If you choose to do so, click the support us link in the show notes. We are truly grateful for your generosity. And thank you for supporting us as we fully walk into God's work for our lives. We will continue to pour out as he continues to give.